0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus. Taking your questions here in the mailbag as um, no interns in town yet, so I'm going to do my best to, to navigate us through the mailbag, guys. And uh, first question, and kind of a nuts and boltsy one, but I, I thought it's a good thing because a lot of people don't really know this, but when— Will players report and practice officially start? And I've got all the answers here on that for you right now. Uh, Players are on campus. They have been working out. In Nebraska's cases, players have been here really since the beginning of May, doing their own thing. The weight room opened up at the beginning of June. Um, But right now, what's called unorganized workouts, meaning players can lift and train and run. Coaches and trainers can supervise, but they cannot instruct. Starting on July 13th, organized workouts begin, and you get eight hours a week. Um, of what's called CARA time, allowable hours um, by the NCAA. Six of those hours can be with strength coaches in the weight room, and two of them can be with football coaches in the film room. So you get eight hours a week starting July 13th. Then on July 24th, the mini camp begins. At that time, you'll be under what's called a 20 hour rule. You'll get 12 hours of allowed mini camp time per week. One hour can be an actual practice. The other hour of the practice has to be a walkthrough. Um, So two hours on the field, six days of that week, then you also still will get your eight um, Kara hours, six with the strength coaches and two in the film room. So it will be a full 20-hour week. Then fall camp will begin August 7th. When you are in what's called camp mode on the NCAA calendar, there is no 20-hour rule. So your players can be in the offices um, for 12 we- or for 12 hours or longer a day and, and usually that's how it is. The guys will get there at six seven in the morning and they're there till seven, eight o'clock at night. And I know Nate, you've worked around a lot of fall camps and those Bill Cal- nobody ran a longer more stringent fall camp than Bill Callahan.
0: No, that was that was a grind. It was uh, <laughs> I mean you were you were there from six in the morning until
1: 9 ten at night.
0: 9 ten at night at least. and um, and a lot of times, you know after those final meetings, they would, um, you know, <laughs> they would want to have. We would have w- what we called at the time a freshman roundtable. So you had, you would then have another meeting with your freshmen to basically, you know, ha- make sure everything's going okay because they're, you know, you're dealing with homesickness and being tired and everything, and <laughs> it was that was a grind and. and admittedly we probably had way too many meetings uh, I know that you know obviously coming from the NFL he was wanting to have it you know, like a training camp yeah exactly like a training camp and fit as much in as you can because you uh, you don't have the the type of restrictions on you at, at that point in time but um, but yeah that was that was definitely uh, big time big-time grind
2: so for basketball uh, just up until Wednesday it was kind of just all voluntary workouts but now they're allowed to do what they call I guess enhanced in-person activities, weight training, conditioning, all that stuff. So basically more involved supervised workouts uh, and they can do Zoom meetings as a team, go over film, um, you know, basically more coach time, um, you know, team building activities, all that stuff. And then uh, that goes until July 19th when they can start on July 20th. Uh, doing on-court practices uh, until the first day of fall semester on September 15th or, I guess, September 15th or the first day of fall classes, whenever whichever one comes first.
1: Nate, as we take your questions in the mailbag here, it would not be a chat or a, a mailbag without a Thomas Fedoni question, <laughs> and we've got a couple of them here for you. Number one, who is Nebraska's main competition for Council Bluffs, Lewis Central National 100 Rivals 100 recruit Thomas Fedoni? And then secondly, let's just say Fedoni and then Gunnar Helm wanted to commit to Nebraska. What happens with AJ Rollins? Would they take him as an athlete or um, does he kind of have a time clock on when he needs to make a decision by?
0: So as far as the biggest competition for Thomas Fedoni, I think there's a handful of other schools. It's, I think it's Nebraska, um, obviously Iowa's still in the mix, uh, but you also have LSU, Alabama in Michigan and Notre Dame that that are also in the mix, and um, you know, in, in the chat, I know somebody asked me to put a percentage on on how confident I felt Thomas Fedoni would be uh, to committing to Nebraska, and I put it at fifty five percent. And people freaked out. They're like, "Well, I thought you were confident he was going to be going to Nebraska." Well, I am. I, I still feel like he eventually does commit to Nebraska, but you have to you have to look at it. Uh, you know, look at the the pie, the hundred percent. Uh, you know, I, I think Nebraska probably has the majority of that pie at 55, but it's also split up. You know, Alabama's got a piece, LSU has a piece, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, Iowa, all those schools are also in the mix. So I think they have a piece um, or at least a, a chance too. And so while Nebraska may, I think they probably have a bigger slice than everybody else. Um, you know, it's I, I can't sit here and tell you that they've got ninety percent chance of landing him or anything like that. Uh, but they are in a great in a great spot now. If Fedoni and Helm were to commit, um, I, I still think they would take AJ Rollins probably as an athlete. Now, I um, I also know that uh, supposedly, if if Fedoni commits, uh, I think that um, they may. Go ahead and, and tell AJ, hey, if you want, if you want this spot, you better take it. Uh, and uh, and if that were not to happen, you know, or if he passed on taking that spot immediately, then I guess there could be a possibility where he didn't end up being part of the class. But you know we've talked about it before the the optics of of uh you know not having a, an in-state guy you know losing a guy like keegan johnson and and all that I, I still feel like they would take him in the class
1: all right kind of a fun throwback one here um just a memory lane deal for any of you guys what was maybe the biggest scoop that you've heard and you believed that it would be legitimate information but you could not report it for whatever reason um and you know maybe it ended up falling through or didn't happen and for me there was one in 2006. I'll never forget. I was leaving the press conference um, in Arrowhead Stadium, Nebraska. Just got done talking. I still remember Bill Callahan and Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards was the, ch- the coach of the Chiefs, and they they had like a nice little chat on the side. And I'm getting on the shuttle to go back to the Marriott downtown in Kansas City, and I get a call from a source like, Sean, something's going down right now. Um, there's some sort of compliance investigation involving, I won't say the names, but very, very prominent guys Um, as prominent as it could get on the current Nebraska team the night before they were going to play this game against Oklahoma in Arrowhead Stadium with 60,000 Nebraska fans. It involved a storage unit, and somehow maybe these players didn't pay for it and they paid for it with tickets. And the compliance was looking at it, and there was, like, real question about possibly them not being eligible to play in this Big 12 championship game. Um, ended up playing in the game. I don't know whatever went, how that, whatever happened or what happened in that situation, but I just remember sitting there that night thinking, oh my gosh, like this could really change the course. And at that time, Nebraska was favored to win. They were, they were probably supposed to win that game against Oklahoma. They lost 21-7, to as we know, uh, but that, that's one that stuck out to me.
2: So obviously, I haven't had anything that uh, large of scale, uh, but a lot of mine are you know things that you know either happen on the recruiting front um, or you know maybe assistant coach hirings here and there uh, with basketball. But one that immediately jumps to mind was you know this was shortly this is back when Tim Miles was the head coach, uh, shortly after uh, Xavier Johnson uh, up and decommitted, leaving Nebraska, kind of scrambling to find a point guard. Well they were in position to get a commitment from a four-star Rivals 150 point guard who um, had originally committed to Northwestern, but uh, was dismissed from the school and was back on the market. And it was basically lined up. Like they were going to get him. They were drawing up the papers to get it. And then for whatever reason, it never happened, and a lot of it had to do with an incident that happened between the player and a, a female student at Northwestern that uh, basically <laughs> uh, shut it down. as from Nebraska, you know. Basically, Nebraska was told they they couldn't take him. So, uh, you know, it was a real interesting deal where Nebraska could have gotten a pretty darn good fallback, but uh, was told uh, they were not allowed to pursue it any further.
0: Yeah, one most of mine are recruiting uh, based. I know the one one that really sticks out to me. Was um, you know leading up to the Army All American game, I forget exactly what year it was. Twenty seventeen, uh, I think. Anyway, it was uh, it was the year that Darnay Holmes and yeah, it was, it was that twenty seventeen class. Darnay, Darnay Holmes, Jameer Calvin were set to uh, announce for Nebraska at the Army All American game. I think two or three days before. Um, before everything was was ready to go. I had it confirmed from two different sources, two different sources that had never been wrong before, um, and so I know that I I know I kind of hinted at things that w- what was going to happen, and of course that did not happen. Um, n- <laughs> neither neither one of those guys ended up picking Nebraska uh, during that game, and uh, you know for various reasons that that it all fell through. But um, sometimes you know you've got a source that that uh, or multiple sources that confirm something, and they've never been wrong. But um, you know especially when it comes to recruiting the – nothing's ever done. Don't trust an 18 year old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing is ever official until the the words actually come out of their mouths.
1: All right, guys, final question here, kind of a random holiday weekend one and we're maybe giving away our man card here by even addressing this, (laughs) but what has been, what's your favorite seltzer as we are just overwhelmed in this world of 90 calorie seltzer drinks when you go into liquor stores and grocery stores and I'm going to give you my new one. And it's relatively newer on the market, but Coors Light has jumped into the Seltzer game and they have come out with what's called Vizzy. And Vizzy is really good. Like I've tried White Claw, I've tried the Bud Light one, and this one to me is the best one I've had so far.
2: Yeah, there's so many, uh, they kind of all blend together and I'm, uh, I have no shame in it. I'm a, I'm a seltzer boy, uh, especially when it's (laughs) a thousand degrees outside. Uh, It is significantly better and more enjoyable to drink that than, uh, you know, standard beer. Now in the winter, I'll change up and, you know, go, go back to my traditional beers. But for now uh, I will say, you know, I've gone back between the Bud Light, the Corona seltzers, and then uh, the White Claw's. You know, it's, as much as I hate to admit it, I think white claws are probably number one for me right now.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you, Robin. I have not had the the Vizy. I haven't even had the Bud Light or the, put, the Budweiser. I put Bud Light Seltzer. third. Okay. on my list. Yeah, I haven't haven't had I haven't had too many of them, but I I definitely do not mind a, a white claw. Actually, um, you know, it can be kind of refreshing on the on the right day. Now I couldn't I couldn't sit down and have like a you know a session, a, a s- get after it and drink. You know, drink uh, a twelve pack or anything like that, but uh, I, I definitely enjoy one or two uh, at a time. So that's where I'm at with yeah, it. You start heavy with a
2: real beer, and yeah. then you, you yeah, end yeah. with seltzer yep. to cap it
0: off. A little, little lighter, yeah. uh, lighter nightcap there. All
2: right, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys. We'll enjoy the holiday weekend, Robin. I know. Um, you're going to have a few seltzers this weekend. Yes, or
2: seltzers are on tap, uh, probably amongst other things.
1: Okay, well, enjoy that new deck, too. Robin, got a new deck built.
2: Whew. Big, it was a big project, but I am enjoying it to the fullest. Break it
1: in. I expect that Traeger to get some stains on there the first week.
2: Yes, sir. Did ribs the other day, so it's, it's in full effect.
1: All right, well, Robin, have a good 4th of July. When we come back, Nate Klaus and I will close the show with recruiting. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.